Have you ever read a passage from the Bible and then scratch your head and think to yourself, <laughs> what was that all about? Well, this week's question for the pastor is one of those passages. It's one that many have found perplexing over the years, and we're going to dive into that and cover this week's announcements in this Midweek Connection, September the 6th, 2023. Okay, before we get into this week's question, I have a few announcements to share. Number one, just a quick reminder that our Wednesday night ministries resume tonight. And we're excited to see what God is going to do through these ministries this year. So I truly do hope to see you here uh, this evening. Number two, a luncheon is being held on Sunday, September the 10th to give a report on the recent mission trip to the Dominican Republic. Pictures and testimonies will be shared, and lunch will be served at 11.45 a.m. Now, you'll need to RSVP, and you can do that in this Friday's email blast. Number three, food drive for the Friendship Center. Now, this is a ministry initiative sponsored by Our Circles on Mission, and there's going to be collection boxes in each entryway, both on the west and east side, for non-perishable food items. And those boxes will be there on Sunday, September the 17th and the 24th. Now, for more information on the Friendship Center, you can go to www.friendshipcenter.org. <laughs> Finally, Thanksgiving is still a ways off, but... For those who serve Thanksgiving meals to the underprivileged of our community, planning and commitments begin months in advance. Now, TMC has participated in Hope Ministries Thanksgiving meal preparation for several years now, and it's time again to register if you would like to participate. TMC is one of the prep sites, and if you would like to know more or to volunteer, then you need to do so no later than September the 18th if you want a guaranteed spot as registration goes public on September the 18th and they usually fill up quickly then. So, a link will be provided in this Friday's email blast where you can get information about positions available and registration. And one last thing about it, uh, just to make it clear, TMC is not handling the registration. Okay, that goes through Hope Ministries, but we will be providing you a link to connect with that in this Friday's email blast. Well, those are the announcements for this week. Now let's move on to questions for the pastor. Well, today's question for the pastor comes from a member who asks this. I'm reading Genesis, and I'm wondering why Esau is hated and Jacob loved. I don't see much of a difference between the two. Well, I have to say that I agree with the person asking the question. Uh, when you read about the lives of Jacob and Esau, uh, both of them committed grievous sins against their families and more importantly against Yahweh. Uh, 
Truth be told, neither Jacob nor Esau deserved God's love. Both deserved his judgment. But in order to understand all of this, let's go back to the beginning of the story, and then we're going to move forward uh, uh, to answer the question uh, from there. It all begins in Genesis chapter 25. Isaac, Abraham's son, was the father, and Rebekah, the mother, Esau and Jacob were twins born to them. Now, while the twins were developing within Rebekah, she inquired of the Lord because she could feel them struggling with one another in her womb. And the Lord answered her prayer, saying this, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger, Genesis 25:23. Just as the Lord said, these twin boys became two different nations. Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel, was the father of the people who became known as the Jews. Esau, who became known as Edom, became the father of a non-Jewish clan known as the Edomites. Now, this reality was something that God had chosen to bring to pass before they were born, before they could do anything to please or displease him. So this decision, now this is care, listen carefully, this decision was not based on the deeds of either Jacob or Esau, but on God's sovereign choice. It's an example of what has become known as the doctrine of election. Now, election is about God's right and freedom, because he's the creator, to make choices based on nothing but his good pleasure, and then to bring them to pass. For example, according to the law and customs of the day, the firstborn would be the rightful heir of all that belonged to the father and would then carry forward the family's name and work. Well, Isaac, Abraham's son, was chosen by God before he was born to be the one through whom the Abrahamic covenant would flow. So, according to the customs and laws of the time, this then would have fallen to Esau as he was the firstborn of Isaac. But God had already informed Rebekah that this would not be the case. Jacob, the secondborn, would carry forward the Abrahamic covenant and Esau would have no part in it at all. Now, taking the laws and the customs of the day into account, you know, we might say that this predetermination, this election is unfair. And that makes perfectly good sense according to man's ways. But I ask, since when is God bound to man's ways? You see, the truth of it is, God is beholding to no one. He owes no one any consideration whatsoever. God is totally free to choose one person over another based on his good pleasure alone, and that is exactly what we see happening here. God's choice of Jacob over Esau was based on his good pleasure alone. Criteria held within himself that he has not chosen to reveal. But what we know for certain is that the choice he made was not based on either Jacob or Esau's actions as the choice was made before they were even born. And 
once they were born, they were both they both committed grievous sins that from a human perspective would disqualify both for God to choose. So, as Jacob and Esau grew up and went their separate ways, and began their families, there were times where their interactions were quite negative. And as Jacob and Esau passed off the scene, their offspring, Israel, and the Edomites were constantly in opposition to one another. So, when God spoke to his people Israel through his prophet Malachi, both nations had become established in their own right. And it's at this point that Israel had strayed from Yahweh, and he confronted them through the prophet Malachi. Chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. God said, I have loved you. To which the people, the Israelites, reply, Well, how have you loved us? And now we get to the statement that is made that brings today's question to the forefront. God said, Is not Esau Jacob's brother? Yet I have loved Jacob, but Esau I have hated. (laughs) Now when you take God's comments in context with the book of Malachi and the context of Genesis chapter 25 and other Old Testament passages that reveal aspects of Jacob and Esau's life and legacy, we discover that God is not uh, saying that he actually hated Esau as in the emotion of hate. He's telling Israel that he had chosen Jacob, which means that Esau then was rejected to be the progenitor of his people. In the context of Malachi, where Israel is not valuing the tremendous love that God has for them, he's telling them that being his chosen people whom he created through Jacob is one of the foundational signs of his love for them. Subsequently, the judgment that he brought against the Edomites who became a nation through Esau and they were enemies of Israel, demonstrates without a question again God's love for Israel. So, for the purposes then of understanding what God is actually saying about Jacob and Esau, we should look at it this way. One, he elected to be the father of his people Israel. The other, he rejected for that purpose. And when Edom, Esau's offspring, stood in opposition to Israel, God judged them and protected Israel. Really, it's not about emotion, love and hate, but uh, which is a reaction to the actions of, would be a reaction to the actions of Jacob and Esau, but it is about election, chosen, rejected, having nothing to do with the actions of Jacob and Esau, but solely on God's sovereign choice of one over the other. Well, I hope that explanation in in brief helps. But before I close, with no disrespect meant whatsoever to the one asking the question, the question, why did God hate Esau, is actually the wrong question. The right question is, why would God love Jacob or anyone for that matter. I mean, who among all the people 
who have ever lived can stand before God and say, I deserve to be loved by you. Are we not all sinners? Have we not all violated God's righteousness and thus deserve eternal condemnation? Fact is, we all have. And so the question isn't, why would God hate sin and the person who sins? But why would he love any of us? Yet the fact remains that God demonstrated his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, Romans 5.8. God says, I love you. And fallen humanity, like the Israelites in Malachi 1, say, How have you loved us? To which God says, Look at my son on the cross, paying sin's debt with his life. And look at my son, resurrected from the dead with eternal life for all who will repent of sin and turn in faith to him as Savior and Lord. Therein is God's love shown. It is tangibly demonstrated through Jesus the Christ. So I ask you, friend, do you know Jesus as your Savior? Do you have questions about that? Well, I would love to answer those if you'd let me. My contact information is there on the screen, and if you'll reach out, I'll reach back, and we'll open the Word of God, and I guarantee you, God will meet you where you are. Well, let's take just a moment to pray. Heavenly Father, there are many passages in the Scripture that can be very difficult for us to grasp at face value, and this is one of them. But Lord, when we understand that your choice of Jacob over Esau was not one based on emotion like love or hate, but was based on your sovereign choice, your good pleasure, not having to do with anything that Jacob or Esau had ever done, but based on your sovereign choices, then we can begin, I think, to understand what is meant as God speaks about this in Malachi, and then Paul says it again in Romans. Your um, acceptance of Jacob was not based on Jacob's righteousness, but on yours. And your rejection of Esau was not based on his unrighteousness, but on your righteousness. <laughs> and Lord, sometimes that can be difficult to grasp, but I pray that you would help us to see that you are a God who is beholding to no one and that you choose and you reject and you have the right to do so. But we thank you that you have chosen to send your son Jesus to pay the debt for sin. And you have said that if anyone will call on your name, they will be saved. And so, Lord, we see that you have chosen to accept those who will repent and turn to Jesus in faith, and you have already chosen to reject those who do not call in faith. Lord, help us who have received your grace to share your gospel and to be a light to those who need to hear the good news that they might turn to you in faith and be received by you because of the blood and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Lord, I offer this prayer to you for your glory and the benefit of others. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Sunday, we're going to take another step in the book of Revelation. Again, we'll be going back to chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. And there, we will consider three things from the text. We're going to look at the focus, 
the transmission and the blessing of revelation. I hope to see you then. God bless and have a great week.